Hey guys, welcome to episode two of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Bryn Jackson. And last week was insane. It was seriously really, really good. Yeah, the the show ended up being on the top of product hunt number two on Tuesday. We're trending at number three on Pocket Casts, which is nuts. We're above cereal there, which is <laughs> mind-blowing. Yeah, it's been an amazing week. So we just wanted to, first of all, say thank you to everyone who has listened. Uh, if you listened to episode one, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much. Uh, everyone that's been leaving reviews on iTunes, we really, really appreciate that. That's so helpful to get the show in front of new listeners. So yeah, thank you, everyone. Uh, this is episode two. We actually interviewed a designer this time, an illustrator, a very, very talented illustrator by the name of Nick Slater. You may know him from various thick line drawings of Corgis and Middle Earth and some of his work over at Palantir, which is just incredible. If you've been on Dribble, you know Nick, and he's just an insanely talented guy. So this episode is a bit longer than normal uh, and contains a few more swear words than normal. Um, we get into Nick's origin story and things are just uh, just really passionate. and It's pretty emotional. has some strong language. Yeah, it has some strong language. So if, if that's an issue, um, definitely feel free to, to just turn this episode off. But if you're okay with some swear words, uh, we ended up chatting for two hours. And this was one of the most fun conversations I've had. Uh, we, we got off topic in a few areas. We talked a lot about Nick's story and what the work he's doing at Palantir. Uh, this episode had everything. Yeah, it, it covers the whole range. And if you listen through to the end, we included our recording from our mic check our after dark content uh which was a lot of fun if you want to listen to that we had a hard time stopping talking on this one it was just yeah just kept going before we get into the show we have two sponsors this week uh first of all thank you to everyone who's reached out asking to sponsor the show that's been amazing um this week we're sponsored by weebly and hover weebly is a flexible website creation and hosting service uh, they have an amazing drag and drop interface to create websites. They have an iPad app. You can make a website from your iPad. Uh, it's an amazing tool. They have some amazing things coming down the pipeline. Uh, be sure to follow them. They have a wonderful Dribble account. That's dribble.com slash Weebly. And uh, they're at Weebly.com. We'll talk a little bit more about them uh, during the middle of the show. Big thanks to Weebly. Big thanks. The other one is Hover. Hover is amazing. I use it all the time for all of my domains. I think it's just the best. Uh, I just started using their valet transfer service, which is, I can't believe it exists, honestly. But moving an IO domain is impossible without it. So if you have one of those like trendy IO domains like I do, um, it's you can't live without it. So huge thanks to Hover. Again, we'll tell you more about them later on in the show. Cool. Let's jump into episode two with Nick Slater. It's actually pretty amazing, like, how many people follow me. Yeah, I don't get it either. How, how, not the fact <laughs> how many followers, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> uh, not how many pe- people follow me, but more or less how many people, like, that interact with me on a daily basis. How many able to remember their faces and how many people remember yes. their names. That's I know the that feeling, thing. yeah. It's crazy, like, um, your brain's only able to hold, like, a certain amount of names, which I'm really bad at remembering names. That's always been, the, like, the most difficult thing. But I, th- I always remember someone's face, and that's the biggest thing. So, and usually when I remember someone's face, I'm able to like figure out their name 
or I remember their artwork or what they made. So then I'm able to like go back. Like I know who they are. I just can't remember their name because I'm really just, I'm really bad at remembering dates, time, anything with punctuality. It's really, really terrible. Um, but I always remember the face and, and like their artwork and their style. So I'm always able to kind of like count back on that and figure out like who they are. Um, I don't know how the- we're still in touch, dude. Why? What do you mean? I have no idea. Dude, I met you at Yahoo, what, what was <laughs> it, like, in April, I think it was? Um, something like that, yeah. So, like... April, March, somewhere, somewhere in there. You have a red Ducati. I have a white Ducati. You have a white Ducati? Oh, yeah. sorry. It has uh, a red frame. Um, Jeff has a red Ducati. He has a red, he has a red one. Yeah. You had the white one. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's right. I remember we were leaving. He you, was on a Kawasaki at that point. He just got his Ducati after that. He crashed there, it. There he was, crashed his Kawasaki and got a Ducati. That must be nice. <laughs> I drive a Volkswagen Jetta. It's S class. It's the it's the most standard class you can get. Hey, yo. There's not even armrest. That's how my car is st- on the same frame. Yeah, but man, I just feel like a <laughs> damn it, Bryn. <laughs> you and your Audi. What? <laughs> yeah, but I, damn it. It's it's the same dude, frame. It's the same. Dude, like, I dude half I, the same parts. I <laughs> I just needed all wheel drive in Minnesota. That's that's really the reason I have an Audi. Hmm, that's a good point. So, what kind of Audi? A3. It's like the bare minimum Audi, right? You're so vanilla. <laughs> it's it's all white with all black. Hey. Oh, my girlfriend says that to me all the time. You're so white. It's the way it hurts. Uh, good talk. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. So, I live in Redwood City right now. It's, it's not bad. I like it. You came to California from Philadelphia? Pittsburgh. It's funny, like, how many people, like... What, like this he came like, from upstate New York. Bingo. But you went to school. In Pittsburgh. There we it's go. Funny. Pittsburgh is a P name. Close <laughs> so name. I've met so many people and they always like, they always like the first thing they say usually is you're from New York City or you're from Pennsylvania. It's, or it's just like they go off and where they think I'm from. It's just funny. They have like, like when you Google Nick Slater, they usually pop up. It's like a Corgi or some of my artwork. Um, that's pretty much what pops up. They don't. It doesn't really pop up like where I'm from originally. So always, it's just funny to hear what people think. Okay. So on the corgi thing, did you name him Thor because he's a corgi, so you could call him a Thorgi? Yes. Yes. Love it. I love Thor, it. By the way, Thor's Instagram is Thorgi the Corgi. Am awesome. I in line? Oh, There's no, no, no spaces. Instagram. No, no spaces. Uh, <laughs> That'll be we, on the we website. Tr- we try. We tried to get him a Twitter handle, but we could not find a Twitter handle that was active or uh, not active. So he doesn't have a Twitter account yet, but he will eventually once we figure it out. Um, but yeah, what will he be tweeting about? Just like random shit. But yeah, he's just—he's a—he's—he's he's a fun dog, and I get to bring him to work, and so everyone just loves him. So now he's starting to like people are starting to come over to the office to like play with him. That's awesome. What's Palantir like? Uh, a, the, as far as office culture, I mean, since we're on the topic. Oh yeah, like off, let's start with office culture, and then I want to hear about like what you guys are actually up to. Oh man, um, you can't tell you that it's classified. Mm-mm. It seems like a secretive company, and maybe it's not. Yo, but like, if you look at the landing, Saruman's got him on lock. Oh, oh shit. no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it, it's okay. So it's really interesting to see like people's perception or hear people's perception about Palantir. People think because like the the software we develop is like this bad thing. It's like technically, like I I don't I don't get like where everyone like you just have a few people that just don't fully understand what's going on, and so they have this pre notion like who we are. But for me as an individual, I I want to be a part of something that had like a like a purpose. 
Um, and that purpose would be a good purpose that would affect people and make people's lives easier. Um, the reason why I didn't like working at American Eagle was the fact that like it was a company that didn't really give a shit about me. When I when I basically in 2009 I lost my job. Um, and then I'll circle back to your question. But when I lost my job in 2009, I didn't really have. You know, I was still really young. I was like 22, 21. <clears throat> yeah, 21. So lost my job. I uh, had it basically came to the reality of like what it feels like to lose your job and then try to find a job afterwards. It's really difficult. And so, and then realized like, wow, like I bust my ass at, at, at working at American Eagle and realized like how hard I worked. They didn't really give a shit. You know, really at the end of the day, it's just coming down to the point of like, you know, basically they're making sure their margins are in the green and making sure like, excuse me. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like it's a business, you know, and it's like, they have to run the business, which is fine. I understand that. But it's like, I want to be a part of something. And I want to like, actually like become a designer and actually make and create. And so I basically tried to, when I lost my job, try to find jobs. So I was either going to like apply to like New York city. I was going to apply to Philadelphia, Washington, DC, Baltimore, Cleveland, you know, anywhere in Ohio, even like back in New York near Rochester, <clears throat> Wasn't really a lot there. I mean, they had prospects in New York City, but I wasn't really like 100% trying to like work in New York City. I looked at like places in Texas and, and Oklahoma. Um, I even looked at a place in North Carolina. Um, I met the guys that met uh, that created the the website, um, people of Walmart. Oh my god! I, I can, I'm not. I cannot make this shit up. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, amazing. I almost got a job working with these guys. Um, uh, it didn't work out, which was fine. Illustrating um, Walmart people. No, actually, no. They, it's <laughs> you funny. Had a very it's, different. It's career. very funny. Like these guys are actually really nice. Um, but like they they developed they, they basically made people's of Walmart. But they worked for a uh, design agency that was a Christian company. So um, completely like it was just it was just really crazy the fact that like you had these two individuals that that basically developed a site that made fun of people, but working for a company that actually made a lot of good. Um, so it was it's kind of contradicting, but also kind of funny. Um, so then uh, that so that. I, I applied to there, didn't get there. Um, I, and then I found this posting on, uh, I think it's called Chloroflot. I think it's called. Um, saw a posting on there and I just applied. Um, didn't really think anything of it. And I get a phone. No, sorry. I get an email from them. And they're like, hey, we'd like to set up a phone screen with you. Did two phone screens. Um, two phone screens I did. Uh, eventually didn't hear anything back. And they're like, maybe a couple months later, like, Hey, we want to fly you out here. Um, I, I thought they were going to like murder me because like, you know, here's this like young kid, like doesn't really, doesn't have a job doing mm-hmm. freelance freelance is shit. Um, not making a lot of money. Um, barely making enough to even like get by. And this company, like I'm in the middle of California, is going to take a gamble on me and fly me out to California to do an interview. And so when I flew out there, not only did the, like the level of care that they like took into like basically setting up this huge interview, um, but like took care of like the the fare, the hoteling. Um, they asked me if I would want to rent, like, have a car because I wanted to like explore California because I never knew that I was going to have this opportunity ever again to go to California because I, you know, growing up I didn't have like this family. <clears throat> I didn't like my like I basically grew up. You know, my mother raised four kids by herself, you know, on a very, very, like, I think she what, made like $30,000 a year raising four kids, which I don't think that's, that's not a lot by any means. So it's amazing what my mother did. 
That does not sound easy. No, it's not. Like my mom did one hell of a job, like supporting four kids, making sure like we had a, she had a roof over, you know, made sure we had a roof over our heads. Where we had clothes for 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 the winters because in New York it's fucking really cold. Um, so she did an amazing job. And so like the the fact that like a company like Palantir was going to fly me out and interview me, like to me it was like a lifetime opportunity. So even if I didn't get a job, even if I didn't like like actually like land something um just the honor and privilege to be able to go out there and meet those people and be able to experience california and see what it's like i think that was just for me that was like the biggest reward like i wasn't like i went i went go i went to california like hoping for the best but like being happy like regardless of whatever happened i was just glad that i had the chance um but when i actually went to palantir <clears throat> Not only was the product that they were developing, like the, the problems they were solving, or they were solving at the time, sorry, because I wasn't actually joined, like joining on and actually be on board. Um, it was actually really impressive. Like I didn't really realize like how much a company <clears throat> actually really cared like about what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. These these really tough issues that are actually like really affecting people. Everything from like you know like can you imagine like having a kid and your kids kidnapped? Like could you like like the the amazing like product that would be able to like actually take this information like say like a kid was kidnapped in Oakland possibly the car was you know green um this license plate had like this amount of like information these like little bits of information that would help build this case that basically help you solve you know find this kid that was kidnapped um you know a tool like that to help you solve a case that <clears throat> could potentially like you know cut down the time the the research um and basically like, you know, help some, you know, find someone's kid. Um, or even the fact that like developing a software, you know, when you have, you know, like a hurricane or, or even like some, you know, trip, like disastrous storm or, or not disastrous storm. Can we cut that out? Um, <laughs> we can cut all um, this out. A, uh, a, a terrible, like say like you had like hurricane Sandy going in and like basically just wreaking havoc on New York city. And so you have all these people, that um are are displaced um they have like they don't have a lot of you know resources um have you know no you know water or without water or electric um and then you have this you know really amazing group of people of volunteers coming in to help out um but you don't know where the you know where the most damage is at where um uh where uh people are being uh, affected the most and so people they'll you know with with the help of volunteer they will figure out where is the most damage where's the most needed for volunteers to go to um and with that they're able to basically figure out like okay we need these people to go here and basically help you know sp- disp- you know basically take the people who are displaced and help the volunteers figure out where those displaced people are and get those people that are on the ground to those areas that are effective and help you know solve those issues um and so going back you know, when I seen, you know, this amazing thing that Palantir was creating and basically developing, um, you know, to me, it was a huge impact. And then seeing the, like, the, the culture, that's the, always the biggest thing is, like, for me, it's culture. Um, and I talk about culture all the time. But, like, when I, when I first joined Palantir, even when I was interviewing at Palantir, at the same time when I was going out there, they flew me out there, um, the vibe that, that came off was the fact, like, you have this company that actually really cared about the, the level of, of, of care of the employees. Even down to, like, the fact, like, the founders were really concerned about how the, the employers are being affected. Um, 
uh, it was around, you know, maybe like around like four o'clock. Um, I remember to this day, like what they were serving, it was taco night and just like walking through the cafeteria and just seeing like you had families, you had, you know, you had a group of devs all, you know, hanging out, you, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they're, they're just talking about code or whatever, but you know, you can clearly see that everyone's having a great time, but it was like this very family oriented vibe inside the company when, when I first interviewed there. And so like to be at this type of place, just like seeing it as like a stranger, it was like, wow, like there's something really cool about what's going on here. Like clearly they're doing something right. Clearly they're doing something really, really good that people are willing to stay here after seven o'clock. I mean, that's pretty late. Even like five o'clock is like, wow, people, I know people are like, like, I just want to get out right now. I'm like counting down the clock to five o'clock to grab their coat and they're out the door. Like people are like willing to stay late at night, not because like they have to, it's because they want to. And so because they, they, they developed these, these processes and, and structure in the company where it's like the level of care and like how they like want to make sure the employees are happy. <clears throat> Um, in return, you get like a lot of great, you know, value out of that. You have people who are really happy. They work really hard. Um, they put a lot of time and dedication to their work. So the, you know, not only is their work really good, but you know, basically everyone working together, you create something that's, you know, this amazing, amazing product that's going to potentially save lives and make people's lives a lot easier. Um, solve, you know, complex problems at the end of the day, like, you know, you know, there's the yield from that is going to be tremendous. And so, you know, when I, when I left California, um, you know, I was really excited that possibly it could work at Palantir, but I wasn't like upset that if I didn't get it, that it would be the end of the world. And so when I eventually did land the job, I remember I, I was, I, I moved to Monroeville just right outside of Pittsburgh. Um, you had to get to Monroeville through uh squirrel Hill, um, the squirrel Hill tunnel. I think, it, I think it was called, um, and so there was a gas station right before where I would turn off to go into my apartment. And so I had enough gas for that week till I got paid um, to to uh, um, get me through the through the week. So I'm just sitting there, and uh, I pull into the into the gas station and start pumping up. And it was just like a shitty week. Um, I, I I basically was working f- full time as a freelancer for American Eagle. Um, I would work. Uh, about a hundred hours a week, uh, not because I had to, but because I, I needed to. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't be able to pay my bills. Uh, and then on the weekends, I would work at a gym and do freelance on the side. So I was like, I was working like around the clock. Um, I would get up at like like four o'clock in the morning, drive my girlfriend at the time that I was dating to to her work, drop her off, and I would go straight to work at six, work till nine o'clock. Um, in the, at nighttime from six in the morning to nine. And then on the weekends, I would go work at a gym, uh, basically as a janitor and clean, you know, up basically rich white men. Literally, like I cannot make this up. Like I basically worked at a gym where, um, you had the most wealthiest people go into these, this particular gym working out. And there's me just like bust my ass trying to make, you know, just get by. And so pull into the gas station, just hadn't just barely enough money. And, um, I'm sitting there just pumping gas. It's, it's cold. It's the middle of the winter. And I was like, fuck, this is terrible. <laughs> and like, just like, just looking out, you know, when you're just standing there, you know, pumping gas, just, you're just thinking, and I get a phone call and I can pull out my phone and it's a six, five Oh number. I'm like, it's like, 
thinking to myself, this whispering, like, what the hell is this? And I opened the phone and then it's my, my future boss. Like, Hey, this is, this is Colin. I'm like, Oh, Hey man. The first thing I popped my head, I was like, Oh, I did not get the job. Like it's been like maybe a couple months after I interviewed at Palantir when I got this phone call. Wow. He was like, Hey man, um, I want to extend you the offer. And there was just like a moment of silence. And I just started laughing. I was just like laughing so hard. And, and my boss was like, you know, on the other end, they're in the conference room. Okay. <clears throat> With like his, his lead, uh-huh. I think someone else as well. And everyone's just like looking at each other thinking I'm like batshit crazy. Like <laughs> they're like, like, Oh my God. Like I should have hired this dude. <laughs> no, he laughs. This, this is a bad decision. I want Mulligan. This is terrible. Um, and so I was like, when do you want me to start? They're like, when do you want to start? I was like, I could, I could start Monday if you want me to start. This is Friday, by the way. Yeah. And they're like, um, like that, that might be a little bit too soon. I'm like, okay, okay. How about uh, next week? And so, um, or how about, uh, what, what would be a good time? And it was like around like February. It's like, how about March 7th? And so... Um, at the same time, when I was working at American Eagle, I picked up this job that was basically a uh, we designed ads for for gyms, um, basically the the equivalent of like like designing things in PowerPoint. It was terrible. Um, so I went in. Um, I told the people at American Eagle I was leaving, and I went to this other company that that was working. To, it was only there for maybe like a week or two, and I told them like, "Hey, I'm leaving. I'm flying out to California for for my job," and. Um, Palantir helped relocate me, which was really amazing. Um, they helped like get me situated in this new area. Um, I mean, everything that I could think of to make the, like the transition easier, <clears throat> they they did that, and it was pretty awesome to look back on the fact that, like not only did they take a gamble and trying to hire someone from like on the East Coast, um, but that like the 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 level of care they went into basically take me out to to california and basically taking you know um making sure like everything like my needs and and anything that i needed they were there to make sure that i was happy and that i was doing well and so they just the level of care you know i can only say thank you or like or i can't say how much i'm thankful for the fact they did that um how big was the company when all this was happening uh it was like around i would say between two to three hundred and what is it now Oh God, um, I really don't know. Like it's like, oh we're, that we're, big. We're wow. growing. We're growing so fast. Like um, like the amount of things we're doing is just amazing. Um, when I joined, it was just about like it was like two, three designers, and now we have about thirty five designers. I mean, it's crazy the things that we're doing now. Um, That's a lot of designers. What's what's that like? Uh, are they all in California? Or are they spread around? Um, they're they're spread around. Um, I think now, like ploy wise, we're like we're, we're. I think we're in like the thousands. Um, uh, I don't know the the exact numbers because it's always constantly changing. Always new people are joining. Um, you know, we're, we we have this goal of trying to you know you know you know basically we like we have this huge drive of trying to you know produce the best thing and you know you need people to help out with that 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 mission. And so um, you know, I think we've done a great job. You know, hiring people recruiting people bring on board and you know everyone's very mission driven which is great i think that's the biggest thing is because when you have you're very mission driven um 
you form this really close bond. So everyone has like this, you know, you know, same goals and beliefs and it's really neat. Um, so like now, like being part of like, uh, you know, a larger team, it's pretty interesting. Um, could, could you say that question again one more time? Like what, 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 what is like on, on a team with 35 people? Um, more just like what's changed. Uh, if you oh, started so, with just a few people, now you've got like teams. Uh, I think what's the biggest thing has changed is like the amount of resources we have. Um, and what I mean by resources, it's not necessarily like, like funding or just like, you know, tools at hand, but just like, you know, the way, the way we look at it is, um, on my team, so we're the communication designers and inside that, so we're the design team, but there's like the communication designers and the product designers. Are those primarily illustrators on the communication team? Uh, it's not primarily, uh, illustrators. Um, that's a really good question. And so, so on my team, the way my, my, my boss set out to do this, and I think he did an amazing job in doing this is what he did was he, he looked at, at the team and it's like, okay, so, um, we have that like an engine and, um, and to improve the engine, we need to find more cogs to fit into this engine. That's going to make this thing run really smoothly. Um, that's going to make us, you know, you know, operate at a very efficient pace, um, but at the same time, be very, very, very diverse. Um, that's the biggest thing is he wants to make sure um, we have a very diverse uh, team, but at the same time um, have the same core values. And I think that's the biggest thing he's always stressed, like basically uh, um, focuses on is like, what are the core values of the team? Like what's the most important and like find people that actually have the same alignment and making sure, because really this comes down to the end of the day. It's like, we're not just like coworkers, we're friends, you know, we're, we're working people that actually not only do we like, work together really closely, but outside of work, we're hanging out, we're having fun. Um, we're friends. And that's the biggest thing is like, these are not just like my coworkers. These, this is my family. This is my extended family. And that's like, that's, I think that's like, for me, the way I look at it, and this is just my opinion, like across Palantir, it's like, it's not coworkers. It's like one giant family, you know, making this awesome thing together, you know, like having like this fun project, this big project. And so, um, so my boss, the way he, he always, he calls us the unicorns. And so the unicorns, it's funny, you know, it's really hilarious, but like, it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a unicorn. Um, I'm, I'm this individual that came from, from the East coast that a company wasn't willing to gamble on. Um, I, I could tell you stories about how I would go on interviews and not like, you know, they love my work. They thought I was great, but they didn't have the work for me. And, you know, it was just the, the frustration, like, you know, going like riding a Greyhound bus to go interview at Abercrombie Fitch for an interview and not getting it. It was, it was terrible. Um, so like a company that wasn't really willing to gamble on me, but then Palantir was like going to take the opportunity. Like I owe my success to Palantir. Like I joined Dribble at the same time as when I joined Palantir. And so like when I look at my history on Dribble, it's basically like, you know, I've learned a lot. I made a lot of mistakes you know, but I learned a lot through Palantir, um, and learned a lot, like, you know, what it is to be a good person, you know, not because of like the company, but just the people that work at the company. And so like my boss, for example, like he, he was like my mentor. He still is my mentor. And so, you know, I, 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 I owe a lot of, of gratitude to the fact that he brought me on board because if it wasn't for him and if it wasn't for him extending the offer, I wouldn't be here chatting with you guys. And so by the way, his name's Colin Romanian, uh, awesome dude and so uh his philosophy was he was going to find these individuals that more or less not many people wanted to take a chance on or gamble and so but given 
under the right circumstances, these individuals are going to succeed. They're going to go above and beyond and be, you know, and thrive. And I think everyone that has joined and came on board, you know, they've done that. They've done everything they could have done to be a better designer and then some. Um, not a designer, but just as, you know, as an employee and as an, employee and as an individual. Um, so, you know, having said that, we have, you know, a lot of people that are more focused on like Swiss type. We have people that are focused more on typography. Um, my buddy Viet, he, he's an amazing typographer. Uh, um, he is a, you know, one of the, you know, one of my most respected friends. I take his opinion very, very seriously. Um, Daniel Mendez, um, he, he's amazing. Uh, not only is he really great at graffiti, but he's an awesome illustrator. Uh, if you guys ever have a chance to meet him, like ask him to see his sketchbook. Uh, he does these amazing, amazing illustrations um, with uh, with blue color pencil, um, and he 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 draws so like so like softly on the paper, but he basically builds up this these really nice, vibrant illustrations, and it basically he's just kind of constantly going over the same uh, pace. It's kind of like he's painting with the pencil, uh-huh. um, but he does like these really amazing. Um, these amazing illustrations, but he's also a really great illustrator and designer as well. Um, but, and then we also have like my, you know, Sophia, uh, John, Mika, Nixie, Nixie is our motion designer. I met uh, Nixie at the Yahoo event. Yeah. She was awesome. Yeah. And so like, and she, and, and she has like, she has amazing skills in like designing like in uh Cinema 4D. Um, you know, she's great at motion. Uh, you know, I can see that like given the right circumstances, she can even go, you know, get even better. Um, you know, it's kind of when you're when you're limited to only like you know a seven person team, and you have like this ama- like huge amazing company to support. It's kind of you're kind of limited on like what you're able to do. Um, and we're trying to like you know solve this this not necessarily a problem, <clears throat> not necessarily a problem, but uh, you you have these people um, that have like a huge deep passion. They have a fire burning inside them that like they want to make the best work as much as possible. And so like all these people on my team, each individual is different. You know, they have a different style and different voice, uh, but we're going to panel You also have to wear many different hats. And so each person is able to kind of like blend in, try something different, a different, different style. Um, Daniel might like, kind of like figure out like, okay, so Nick does these type of, you know, thick line drawings. How would Nick do it? And then he would go in and do an illustration that would be pretty on par to what I would do. Uh, maybe like slight different characteristics to the illustration, but like it, it's pretty interesting to see like the challenges, like because it's kind of hard to replicate someone's like voice, you know. And so like so to see people be able to like and not necessarily like mimic someone else's design, but like like have the chance where like okay, I'm sick, I can't like complete this project, or I'm traveling, or I'm doing something, and I can't finish this project. Um, Daniel, can you help me out? I need your help. Daniel's always going to be there to help me out, or whoever is on the team. Um, it's nice going in and knowing that if something happens, um, there's someone that's going to be there to help me and has my back. And at the same time, if they need someone, I'm going to be there to support them. So you like, you have like this very, very close knit team. Um, and so like, no matter what it is, like I worked on some typography pieces last week and I'm like, Hey, Via, I need some help. Can you sit down with me? Um, show me like, you know, are these ligatures here look okay? Like, is the A connecting, you know, correctly to the T? Um, can you tell me, like, you know, tips and, you know, tricks? And he sat down with me and showed me, like, what was going to work, what doesn't work. Um, 
Mika, like she's working on some illustrations, like, Hey Nick, can you look at the, you know, this, this structure or flow of illustration? I'll sit down with her and I would give her my advice and we'll like work us out together. Um, so like, it's very diverse. Like, you know, there's not like one particular thing we're working on. I mean, I guess you could say we're illustrators and designers first, foremost, first most we're, um, we're designers and then illustrators. Um, and then we're also working with product designers, which is great too. Just want to jump in quick and thank our first sponsor, Weebly. Weebly is a really interesting sponsor because they didn't give us a coupon code or ask for us to send people to their site. When we pitched them the idea of the podcast at their Dribble meetup, they just jumped on it. One of the coolest things about Weebly is that they're really focused on supporting the design community as a whole. They threw one of the best Dribble events we've ever been to, and it wasn't just the design team there either. Some of the co-founders were there, members of other teams. You can just tell that at their core, they believe deeply in supporting the design community, and it's clearly something they pay close attention to when they're building products. They're the only website creation service I've seen where they let you have control of the HTML and CSS. That might sound like something small, but it's huge when you're building a custom site for a client. They didn't give us a coupon code or anything, like we said, but we'd love it if you went and checked them out anyway. Their website is weebly.com, and they've got a Dribbble team that's doing really great work over at dribble.com weebly. We really can't thank them enough for the support. So thanks again to Weebly. Thing Palantir is built on big data, right? It's, yeah. It's analyzing all this data. So how does design fit into that process of like actually reading the data and like working with with uh, a natural disaster? And like, where does design fit into that process? So I think okay. So for that, um, you have to develop something that's going to be able to be easily used. Um, everything for like, so product design, they're developing a software that's going to look and be able to be easily navigated through the user. I mean, you think about it, you're not working with people that are like, you know, like super tech savvy as like someone as like a product designer. It's got to convey a lot of information at once very clearly. Exactly. So you, you, like, you're not just like working with people that are like, you know, in, in their twenties, you're working with people that are like, you know, a very di- diverse age range, all walks of life. So they have to be able to like, you know, figure out like at a, at a quick glance how to navigate this this you know software um, that you know really you know digests and really solves these complex problems. I think what's really amazing is you have all these amazing people on the team, um, like um, they're you know focused on either on like either like visual design or user research, um, and so like with this in hand, people are designing this product that um, okay, we're gonna figure out the flow, like how do people work with it. They're going to go on, on on site and actually work with the customer and figure out. We're not like building something and just giving it something. We're actually like we're, like we're really closely working with people, and developing these close bonds, and developing something for people, not just like hey, we want to make something because we want to you know make money. No, we want to develop something because we actually care about what's going on. We actually care about the people that are actually using the product. And so like if it means like hey, we don't know what's going on with this particular like aspect of the product. And I'm only saying this because I don't I don't design for the product, but I'm just like this is my you know my opinion. But like and like from what I've seen, um, and part of my experience, but like they they will send people out on the field, like product designers, to actually meet with the clients and basically figure out okay, like what's the problem? Um, through that problem, like here's the solution. I'm going to design this this piece around the solution and then implement it and actually like see like, you know, this actually actually fixed the problem. 
And then they're also, you know, they're actually working more closely with also the engineers as well. So you like you have like this this team of individuals actually like sitting down with the client or or the person that's actually using the product and figuring out like how they use it and like what they use it for, and you know figuring out like what what what's not working, what can they do better. Um, so they put the level of care of actually figuring out like what is. They care about the fact of like how the product is actually being used, how people actually use it, and really sit down and figure out like on a daily basis of like you know what can they do better, and at the end of the day actually you know care about not just the employees but the clients mm. and how you know affects them. Um, so one of the things we keep seeing at big data companies is tons of investment in illustration talent or a focus publicly on illustration. Dropbox is a big one that comes Dropbox, to mind, right? exactly. Like Ryan Putnam is insane. Alice Lee was really talented. Ryan Pervorce. Like they're insane illustrators. Justin Pervorce. Justin Pervorce. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, it's okay. Ryan Putnam is like my hero. So yeah. like Ryan, Ryan, get stuck in the brain. Have you ever met Ryan? No. Uh, I had lunch with Tim and he was awesome. All, so like it's it's really nice. Like I met I met a lot of these people. Um Justin's a really awesome dude. Ryan you know, like he's always been a huge influence to me, but he, like even not just like as a designer, but as a person, like when I first met him, it was like, he's a really like humble, like humble, humble guy. Um, he's also a goddamn machine. He is. I, yeah. Like I understand how I, like I, I feel like I make a lot of work. He's just around the clock, just constantly making stuff. Um, and he like, and he's, I feel like he's able to like constantly like, just like, you know, wear different types of hats and, and like try different styles. He's not afraid. And, um, you know, and I think he's a really, really great guy. Uh, and also a tremendous designer. Um, but I think what's really good about illustration when it comes to like developing products is like, you're able to like, I don't necessarily think like illustrations would work for, for a palantir in that sense. Um, because when you're working on with things as serious as like disaster relief and, and uh, missing children, I don't think illustrations are going to like really like work in with that. Um, because those, those are serious topics and I don't think you, you can make an illustration of, of like a happy sandwich, like telling you like how to use the product. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm not saying that it's not going to work for something else, but like, but you, you have to be considered, you have to be courteous to like the people are actually working with, with the product and, right. and be conscientious of like how, which I think, you know, not saying like, I don't love, you know, happy illustrations of sandwiches, but like, you know, you, you have to design accordingly to the people that are using it. And, you know, like, and I think that's a challenge in itself. I'm not saying that we don't make cool stuff, you know, at the company that's as a happy sandwich, but we have to like, a, you know, design to the user's needs. Um, but I think what's great about illustrations is you're able to use illustrations as a means to convey um, ideas, thoughts through motions. Um, so when you look at Dropbox, which I think did an amazing job when you have like these illustrations to convey, you know, everything from, from how to use the product to, um, how know. to feel when you use the product. Exactly. It's amazing. Yeah. And I think you, you, what you do is you basically create this, this, um, you know, brand that people are able to easily relate to and actually feel comfortable with, um, that kind of breaks down that unweary 
sense. Like when you first open something um, that you're new to, you're, you're kind of hesitant. You're not comfortable with it. You're, you know, you're very nervous about it. But when you have like this really nice illustration or these, you know, pieces that are able to help, you know, ease, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, think about it as like dating. Okay. Um, and, you know, with dating, uh, it's very, very, or even like on your first date, it's very nerve wracking. Um, but if you like tell some jokes or you like, you, you ease up the mood. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like illustrations are possible. They ease up and like you live in Exactly. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is like, as, as, as I think as a designer, when you're, when you're developing these things, it's like, how are people going to feel? It's like the motions. And that's the biggest thing. Um, and so like with the illustrations that Dropbox does, it eases the mood and the tension with the new users and current users. <clears throat> helps them work in the product more efficiently, um, which I think is awesome. There's one story they told, uh, like when you're downgrading your Dropbox plan, they came up with this idea to have an illustration of like, here's your current plan. And it would have a picture of like a fishbowl with like a castle in it and like all the blue rocks and like cool little fishbowl things Mm -hmm. and be like, here's your next plan and it would or like your downgraded plan and it would show like this tiny little fishbowl and the fish was now drops from what one terabyte to two gigs yeah and the fish the fish is all crammed inside of it and stuff and uh it's just like character like that that's like taking this you know maybe the customer's really pissed off like maybe they're really mad at dropbox and they're downgrading but like how can you use this cute illustration to maybe like ease that process um and it actually ended up decreasing like downgrade uh occurrences because people would look at it and be like oh like I can visually see now it's like, it's not just numbers and text. Like there's this illustration of this fishbowl and like, I'm going to be crammed and it's amazing how that can happen. I mean, it's an association with that. You know, it's like, like it's cramped. Like you don't have, you know, like look at all this stuff I can get from, you know, just subscribing and and actually paying for it. Um, the service, like I'm going to get the yield I get back from is, is, is much greater than if I just get it for free. Um, so I think they did an amazing job conveying those ideas. Just something as simple as that fishbowl. Um, like you, you can feel that like in the illustrations, like, oh, this feels really cramped. Like you feel claustrophobic in it. And then when you upgrade, you're like, wow, this is really great. It, it's the, the point is to make you feel good about it. Um, and then like, like what you're actually using for is going to be great. Um, and I think they did a great job doing that. Um, yeah, Carousel's illustrations initially were really good at that too. Like it kind of, they took the concepts of what a lot of people's photos look like. And they're like, this is what it will look like in this place. And uh-huh. which was awesome. And then, uh, then they did that really illustration heavy, like how to use guide, mm-hmm. especially for business. And I think they did a separate personal one. Mm-hmm. And that was great. It kind of shows you how your content fits. It's not, you're just not, not just handing off your content to some like scary, like thing in the cloud. It's yours. And it feels like this, like, yeah it's not something that ui can often convey it has to be more emotional than that which illustration definitely fits the bill yeah especially as like uis move toward this like modern white space text driven uh if you can add love and look as i call it yeah well it's like this style that just has no color almost and so if you can add illustration to it it gives character and like uh, whether it accurately conveys the character of the company or not, uh, mm-hmm. for the customer at least, if adds like a company, this new dimension of of how how it feels and how it like should work. And yeah. and if there's a company down. with a happy canteen, I'm definitely going to use that company. I mean, that just makes more sense. <laughs> the it, easily swayed buyer, right here. It, it's funny when when you like so like <clears throat> the trend of design now. I feel like, excuse me, <clears throat> uh, 
I feel like companies like have like seen like like what Dropbox is doing and like how it's been really successful is the fact like if you develop like really good illustrations um, in a way like it helps convey a message or an idea, um, the user that's using it's going to feel more comfortable using it. And so like you see like you know seeing some of the projects I've worked on um, freelance projects like companies are actually starting to like, Hey, like we want to do like an illustration series, um, that like, you know, users are going to be able to like understand how the product is used or like feel comfortable using it or get the message of like what it is. And so like, and they always refer to Dropbox because they did a great job conveying like these ideas through, through images, um, that like, like, like stock art, for example, like you, you lose like that, that, that human connection, um, that, 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 that feel and like, um, like understanding it, it feels more cold, but when these illustrations that develop, that Dropbox develop, you feel like that, that, uh, that relationship, you feel the closeness, you feel like the, the, um, the level of care of actually what they put into that. And so instantly, like you feel like the feelings th- through that. Um, and so you're easily able to relate to the illustration or type or whatever it is that the piece of art. Um, and so companies actually understand like, wow, this actually has like a meaning. Like users actually like relate to this. Like they actually are being affected by it. It's not like some, like, you know, some silly illustrations actually like this has a purpose and a function. Um, you know, I think people, you know, and companies are actually starting to realize like the, the importance of, of illustration or, or design itself. The fact like if you have a good design, you know, people are actually going to relate more, more closely to it. Um, not, it's not a brand, but more of like a lifestyle. Just want to jump in real quick and thank our second sponsor, Hover. Hover is the best way to buy and manage domain names. I use them all the time. They're one of my favorite tools. I left all my other domain name registrars. I use their valet transfer service to move my domains over. It's awesome. I'm all on Hover now. It's the best. They help me move my IO domain, which is incredibly difficult. It's a pain. I wrestled with the, the registrar for IO for like five days to get it back after it lapsed and they didn't tell me. Hover's been on top of it every single time. I spent like an hour yesterday looking at joke domains based on Brian's last name. They make shopping for domain names fun, which is kind of tricky. It's got a lot of hassle involved. So go to hover.com, use coupon code BRAGDRIVEN at checkout. One word. That's it. You'll save 10% off your first purchase. Thanks again one more time to Hover. I think that right now is like one of the best times to be an illustrator. Uh, We're seeing like this mesh of ui and an illustration now i don't necessarily think it's more like it's the best time to be illustrated i think it's just more of the most conscientious times of you know design like it's it's a good balance to have not just really great ui designers good graph designers but also good illustrators um and then when you fit that all together you create something that's really amazing uh when you look back you know i don't think people really took the like when you look back in like 2009, I don't think people took design as seriously as they take it today. Like, um, like, like apps are just starting to come out. You had like the whole movement, of like how to develop icons and, and, and correctly for, for, for UI and like how to develop a, like an icon for the app, for example, just like whatever app you're developing. Um, and then like 
you know, the research that went into like, okay, the person's going to react more comfortably because this is blue versus red. Mm -hmm. And so like now people are becoming more conscientious about the fact, like if we develop illustrations or typography or whatever, people are going to interact with this particular, you know, design or whatever, uh, more comfortably. And so I think it's just like at right now in design, I think there's more of a conscientious of how important it is overall than it ever has been, at least from what I've, you know, as a designer, uh, have realized. It feels more thoroughly research driven now yeah. than it was before. Like before it seemed to be all about the visuals yeah, and not about kind of the math of it. Like yeah. there's a lot of really detailed thought that goes into it, not just kind of I'm expressing myself. I'm trying to use my design language. I'm trying to push this look that I like. Yeah. Now it's very database. Yeah. But at the same time with all the illustration work, that keeps the soul in it. It's data with character, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're they're really putting the time and effort to make something. They're like, you know, like they're investing into the something like they're investing into this work. That's going to be, really important to like not just the business but the culture of, of the brand or, or the the lifestyle or how it affects the the users um so i think companies have become more conscientious and more and they more or less give a shit about like how people are actually being affected um so they're taking it more seriously like it's actually more important to them now which is great um you know, but at the same time, I also think it is a good time to be an illustrator. Um, you have all these amazing tools, um, all these really amazing like uh, resources that give you inspiration and and ideas and 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 you know, like even like I need to touch up on certain skills. You have like these like skill shares um, that do that for you as well. And um, so I think it's just a good time overall to be in the world of design. You mentioned earlier you were thinking about doing some exploration with ui design oh yeah so um what i love about design is like it's a very very diverse world you have everything from illustrations to typography icons um creating fonts like it's it's this endless you know um it's just it's just so diverse that it's like it's just really hard for me not to be like, I think the biggest problem for me as, as, as a designer is I don't want to like have one certain look. I want to be able to do many different things. I want to try different things. Like, I think it's great that designers find their voice. I think it's great that designers have a look, but for me as a designer, I want to be able to like try different things. I want to be able to like be uncomfortable and, and explore things and try to be pigeonholed. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily like for me, I, f- I would feel pigeonholes, but I don't think people like, you know, the I like designers I admire are necessarily pigeonholed because they have a voice. That's um, fair. But like for me, like my goal as a designer, like I want to be able to like, you know, as a designer, um, <clears throat> just try new things, like see what's out there as a, as, as a designer. Like, I think it's kind of like, you know, like, you know, like design, there's so many design things out there. It's kind of like, um, you know, like a small fish in, in like a giant, you know, ocean. There's, it's so vast. And so like now, like being a part of like this really large design team, you know, being surrounded, not just by communication designers, but also like product designers, uh, you know, and be able to see what they're creating. It's a whole different like idea of design. Like how do they think? Like, they're not just like making something look really good. They're making something that looks good and function really good. Um, and like how like the user, like, not only are they designing it, but they're like figuring out like, how is the user going to be affected by that? It's like, is this red too, too strong? Is this blue? Not like, is it too cold? Is it too soft? Um, 
you know, like even some of the simplest color, like they're actually like really analyzing that. Um, they're thinking more differently as like, okay, so I'm going to make this really nice typography piece. Um, the type is going to be really flourishy. It's going to be very ornate and organic. Um, you know, you know, that's a different way of thinking versus like, okay, I'm going to figure out like, you know, what are the issues that the user is using or uh, what's the issues that the user has and then develop a product around that and like how they're going to navigate through the product, um, how they're going to like be affected by the color of the product. Um, everything down to like some, some simple as like the typography icons, uh, so that's a, a whole way different thing of, of, of thinking compared to like the way I think as a designer. And so when I see designers, product designers working in their field or even like my coworkers, um, naturally I'm just really curious and interested. So I want to see how they do that. And I want to be able to like, you know, shadow them and figure out like, okay, how would you do that? Like, like just forget like what I do, like teach me as like, I'm like this like young kid out of college and I want to be able to like be a UI designer, but I have the skills to do it. I just need to be able to like, you know, mold it into that. What would you do to help me get there? Is that, is that an opportunity for you at Palantir to eventually do a little bit of both, like dip into product design? Yeah, I think so what's, what's interesting about Palantir is like as a company, they invest in the people. They don't like just hire people on as like, you know, fill in their margins and want to like, you know, make sure like they're, they're meeting their quota. Like they actually like really care about the employees. So, having said that, if it's like, okay, like I'm I'm really happy with what I'm doing, but I don't feel challenged, but I would feel more challenged as a as a product designer. My leads, um, you know, they would like actually like really consider that. They really should really care about the well being of me as a person and as an employee. So like, okay, um, we're gonna like we're gonna help you figure out this this problem. Um, we don't want you to leave because we want you to stay here because we actually enjoy working with you. Um, and we're going to try to accommodate your, like what's going to make you feel happy. Um, and then they'll, you know, figure out a plan. And then for example, if I want to become a product designer or work on product, they're like, Hey, we're going to partner you up with this product designer and you guys are going to work on this project project together. And through that, um, we're going to work together and figure out like, okay, this is what, like this is how I develop this software or sorry, this is how I just develop like this, you know, type of file, like file management, um, this is how I do certain things here. Um, like, you know, this is how I develop icons and like show me the process and then be able to like learn how they're able to do that. And then they'll give me projects. If I, you know, obviously it's all hypothetical if I wanted to do this. Um, and then I would work on the project project and then I would like circle back with this person that I'm mentoring with and then it would critique me and then it would help me like learn how to be a better designer in that aspect. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity if you want it or if you have like a passion for it and they, they're really supportive of that. They encourage that because they want people to be able to grow and they want people to be able to feel happy of what they're doing. Um, it's all about the point about being successful at the same time, you know, being happy and just like kicking ass. Yeah. What do you think it is about Palantir that like makes them care so much about you? Uh, like, do you think they had to push for that or do you think that was just a natural solution for the people who are creating the company culture? I think that was like one of the very first cornerstones of when they started the company is like company culture. I mean, everyone came from like different walks of life. And I think, you know, this is just my opinion, but I feel like, you know, they have all experienced like the difficulty of like working in a very like, you know, unhappy environment. And so like you have these group people all working together um, and realize like the importance of having like a good culture 
and like having like this really awesome like company vibe. And so I, I think it was always implemented from the very beginning. And I think today, like we're very, very conscientious of maintaining that it's, it's really hard to go from 350 people to like, you know, you know, almost 2000 employees and like maintain that culture. And it's, it's really difficult because you have, so it's just really diverse at that point. So it's, but I think what they did a really good job at is trying to keep the company still at the same time, feel really small um, and still hold the core values, but still grow at the rate that we need to be, to be successful. And I think they've done a great job managing that. Um, and so, yeah, that that's such a tricky one. Uh, I work at buffer and mm-hmm. we're th- not even 30 people, but we're trying to like, it sounds very similar to what you guys are doing at Palantir. We're trying to figure out how to grow the company, but maintain this culture as like a core component of who we hire and how we work. Uh, how, how hard does that get? Like as the company gets bigger and business needs come into play and like, uh, I read you guys are raising $400 million. Like how does the business side impact the culture side and how does that kind of trickle down to you in your role as a designer? I mean, it's very difficult for sure. Um, I think there's, I think we give like, I think there's a lot of sacrifice that like goes into like, you know, not just like trying to hire new people, but the people like in the company are very conscientious, conscientious of, of that. And so people are work, work harder for that because they, they know like it's, it's a challenge. And I think equally everyone's like up to like pursue that challenge. Um, and so people have to take on certain op- like responsibilities. Um, you know, overall, like, you know, if, if, if something came in into my queue and I had to stay late and work, you know, lay into the hours to get that done, I would do that. Not because like, like I have to, it's because I want to, because of the importance of like how important it is of that particular project or like aspect. And I think people like that, 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 that sense of duty and, and moral like responsibility carries through the company. And so like the challenges of trying to hire people on board but still yet like maintain that culture it, it's really difficult and so like i think people are very conscientious of like okay this is like who we are like this is who we are um we're trying to find this type of people and the the interviewing is very rigorous um it's not easy at all like i think um a couple of years ago i remember a report that palantir was like the sixth hardest company to get hired by and and actually like um interview um because like we actually really put a lot of care in like who we bring on. Cause it's not like, like I said, it's not like we're hiring people because we want, like we, I mean, really need them. We're not hiring people because um, we're trying to like grow at a fast rate. So we can like, you know, you know, I don't know, like raise a lot of money and, you know, kick ass. It's about the point. Like we want to hire people that are the right fit because they get the job done and actually care about what they're doing. They actually care about, um, uh, like the, the level quality they're putting into, you know, particular products and, and, and the projects they're creating. Um, you know, my opinion, you know, I look at it as like, we just don't hire assholes. I mean, that's, I think that's very, very toxic, the culture. So when you, when you care about like who you're hiring, um, and people that are like have the same sense of, 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 of ideas and, and morals, like it, it, it just like carries on. It's like passes on. It's like, you're, you're basically finding the same people um, that have the same idea, morals and, 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 and mission. 
And when you bring them on, it's, it's basically just kind of continues that, that drive. So everyone's like up in arms, making sure like, you know, no, like we really care about what we're doing, but we also really care about who we work with. Um, we really care about like, you know, everyone having the same idea and, and beliefs and the fact that like, you know, like the point is like, you know, we, we don't want to like be a corporate company, want to be a company that actually cares about, you know, one another and actually give a shit about the, you know, the fact that like, you know, you know, I'm not just a number, I'm an individual. And so like we find people like that. Um, you know, but as the company grows, like you have to kind of like, you know, like when you bring two people on, they're both really, really good. And the decision's like, okay, like we have to go with this person, even though we want this other person, um, you know, we have to kind of like, you know, subside on those ideas. So like, okay, well, you know, we'll take this person and even though this other person is just as good, we'll have them too. And so like, you don't have to like make those hard decisions as much. Um, you know, that's just my take on that. It's like the fact that like, you know, the 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 strictness of who we hire is kind of subsiding just a little bit because it makes things really challenging to bring people on board because we need people really uh, badly but at the same time like that level of care of like really care who we're hiring so obviously this person that that that's here obviously they're really good and obviously they have the same you know ideas and values so you know obviously there's a point of like why they're here um you know like when i interview people not necessarily I'm like really interested in what they're making because, or what they made, not because it's not, I don't care about that. It's the fact that like, um, you know, I'm more interested in who they are, like culturally, like, are they a good fit? And that's the biggest thing. Would you, come. would you consider that a scouring of the Shire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, tell us about the Shire. I, oh, okay. 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 So the Shire. So, so, <laughs> so recall panels here. Um, and so like it's very like lore driven and in the pun lore, driven you would say yeah it's lord <laughs> of the rings so like the employees are called the hobbits <laughs> all employees all employees are called the hobbits um so i'm a hobbit and i work on the design team <laughs> uh so it, but it, like you know like we implement these 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 little funny quirks you know just kind of like just you know it just adds to the culture it's all about like having good culture you know i always talk about that and the fact that, like because we have a good culture in fact we have like these funny little things having like, a sense of humor built in is exactly huge yeah like i don't think like i don't think anyone on, on like in the company i can think of is just stiff you know like everyone's very nice and polite and humble and you know, actually, you know, are really like kind and courteous, which is great. I mean, at least that's the overall vibe I get. Um, and so like, you know, but when you implement these other things, it's kind of just adds to it. It's just funny, you know? So like we're all hobbits, um, Palantir, like the company, or the company headquarters is Palo Alto. So, um, the headquarters, so like we're called the Shire. And then, uh, we have offices in, uh, you know, um, uh, DC, which is called Rivendell. Uh, LA is Gondor. That's amazing. You know, but I mean, like, I mean, it, it carries to a certain extent. Like, you know, then there's other offices that are called different things. Um, so it's like, you know, like, but you know, we have like those, you know, some of the 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 conference rooms in the co- in the company are named after like regions or names of individuals in the you know the Lord of, King, Lord of the Rings uh, lore. So you know, it's just funny and it adds to the culture and you know. Um, you know, it's just funny. Like there's a, there's a, there's a conference 
conference room called Bilbo. Uh, it's just funny, you know? It's just like, it just adds to the character. But then there's also office, uh, there's conference rooms called like Mario or like just like or Urkel or just like just really weird knickknacks of, of, of names from like, you know, uh, like pop culture. Pop culture, exactly. That's awesome though. Yeah. I mean, especially with, frankly, nerds, like that yeah. kind of stuff clicks. Like that gets on their level. Exactly. Like it's awesome. And then, and then not only that, like we have like events, like, um, I remember like we would have like, uh, uh, like, uh, magic, the gathering tournaments. Yes. <laughs> uh, That's so cool. They would have, uh, Warcraft. Uh, I remember, uh, I remember it was like the first couple of months and I would go in, we had, we have a game room. So like two giant monitor or projectors, excuse me, and they would play Halo, and like the devs would walk by, all like just in like a like parade to go to the game room, and they would just play uh, Halo, and it was awesome, just like the, just because the, you, you know like the culture of that. Like when I would, so when I worked at when I started working at Palantir, it was awesome. I I, I started working on uh, March seventh, um, two thousand eleven, and. Uh, till like maybe six months into my my uh, stint with Palantir at the time, um, I worked every day from from nine in the morning to two in the morning. Not because I had to, because I wanted to. I would uh, get into work around nine. I would eat breakfast, and then um, would work till like around like six o'clock. And then my 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 colleagues would leave. And then I would go in the kitchen, raid the kitchen, figure out what they had. Like I ate so many hot pockets, I can't even tell you. Um, there would be points of time where I was the only person in the building um, other than the security. And I would sit there and sketch and just draw for hours. Like those six months of time of where I spent at Palantir was where I like learned like different techniques and design and illustration. And then I would start applying that and people started seeing that through dribble. Um, I would sit, I remember it was on Thursdays or Wednesdays. I would watch Exit Through the Wormhole with Morgan Freeman. If people knew the passion and love I have for Morgan Freeman, I would sit there and just watch him and listen to his voice as I would draw and sketch for projects that I would do the next day or the week after. Um, I would. We had a Mac Mini and we would we put a, a Chrono Trigger on there. And I would play. Nice. I would play Chrono Trigger oh, and, and Battletoads. If you guys ever remember Battletoads, that. uh, that's tough. It's probably it's probably maybe there's f- one level that just ruins the entire game. <sighs> it was a lot of fun, man. Um, but Chrono Trigger is all time favorite. Yeah, love that game. The the, yeah. the design and the concept of how they they built that. Yeah, oh, so good. It was. It was they amazing. got timelines right. Yeah, and so like. You know, like I could, it's I could talk I could talk about Palantir all day and like just like the things that we do and you know like just like how 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 great the the culture is stimulating. It's just like it's not like it's it's kind of hard to basically summarize like what it, what it is to work at Palantir and and what if you know just the overall vibe of it. Um, so it's just funny. Um, <laughs> actually every time well both times i've met you i guess but both times you've been uh focused on culture you've been all about culture since the get-go like the speech the talk you gave at yahoo was all about culture don't let your culture suck like i think it's important though you know it's like if that's you have, amazing though yeah, like if you have a good culture like like and i feel like i can be you know at a like a you know 
I feel like it represent the fact that like if you have a good culture, like you're gonna succeed. Like I owe the fact that like of Palant because of Palantir, you know, I'm here today talking with you guys, talking about design, because of the fact that, like Palantir took the opportunity to hire me, the fact that like they have like this amazing culture that helped made me thrive um as a designer. Not as a, as a designer, but as a person, um, you know, like it really means a lot to me. The fact that they, they have that level of care. And so like, I'm not saying like, you know, all companies should be like Palantir. I'm saying like all companies should like take the level of care that Palantir did in, in the, like the idea of, of maintaining culture. Cause that's really important. So we hope that people that listen are designers at big companies. Like we're, we're getting to talk with you. We're talking with people at Twitter. Uh, like what advice would you have for, other designers that maybe want to bring some of this culture to their team, either if they don't have it or they want to make it stronger, what are some like cool things, maybe more specifically on the design side, like how you work with your team, the design team, and how do you bring that culture into the design world? So I think, I think organically kind of has to happen, but like not in the sense of like organically where like, um, it just happens. Like, do you think like it has to be to, a focus for those people? Yeah, it has to be a focus, but not like push it. Like you have to like you have to have understanding. Like okay, this is like what we want to do. Like we want to have like this fun environment. So it's like, do you want to have offices? Do you want to have cubicles? Do you want to have like open desks? Like I love the fact that I'm not in an office. Excuse me. I love the fact that I'm not in an office that um that I have a that I sit next to like all these other designers. Like it's just like the giant open pit. Um. But we have like all these funny like photos up of like photoshops. Like we have like on Fridays, it's called Photoshop Fro- Friday, and where people just photoshop my face sometimes. Um, we have like our own like little like like Tumblr page where it's just like funny quotes of things we say and do in the company, um, both within and outside of, of the company. Um, and so like you know it's like these just funny things like we we decorate the office uh for the holidays um you know like we like they we like make fun of like certain things that goes on like in the team so like we have like all these like little like memes going on um so you like you just kind of like think of it as like okay like not don't look at it as like we're coworkers in a sense like we are coworkers like have understand the foundation of that but like look at the fact like okay we're friends like we we like we like working together it's not like at the end of the day, like I'm working with people that I love and care about. And so like we have those really good emotions instilled like as, as the foundation, um, then you're able to like, okay, like what's like, what's going to make this really fun? Like team events. Like we had a pie bake off like a couple weeks ago where we just, we made pies. And then we like, we had some of the designers on the team, like, like rate some of the pies. Um, uh, next, next week we're doing like, uh, we're doing, um, uh, we're basically doing like a white elephant, um, secret Santa. And, um, but it's, it's kind of a twist. It's like a creative twist. So we have to like, okay, so someone gets a name. So that person has to illustrate that person in a certain style. Uh, that's so cool. And so, or like look or whatever, like, like you can do, like if you want to like basically like take lipstick and draw this person with like, like a like illustration and lipstick, like in different styles. So then what you have to do is then we put them all up on the board and then we guess like, okay, this is who the person is. And then you have to try to figure out who it is. So I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do thick strokes for this one. It's going to be completely different. I'm going to try something else. Um, watch for the thin strokes. <laughs> this is gonna go up in like a month. But you got time. All right, pounds here. This, this is not a spoiler. <laughs> there's Vince like there's trucks. like an ongoing joke. Um, my alter ego is Dick Slater, 
and it's like the egotistical designer um, and I do everything exactly opposite of the things I do. So I, I, I do everything in, in thin strokes and <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like the, like the dark side of Nick Slade, Dick Slater. That's um, amazing. Cause I'm a dick. So <laughs> that's, that, so it's just a funny, that was just a funny thing. And, uh, uh, we also do like, we used to do like, um, uh, fun events called like adventure time. And so we would do illustrations together. Did you get Raji's thing? Raji? Raji. Oh, no, not yet. I'm, I'm so cool. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to buy it. I haven't bought it yet, but I, I really, I asked him like when he first came out with that, I was like, oh man, I really want I can't that. think of what that character's name is. Beto or something like that. Bimo. Bimo. Yeah. Bimo. I love yeah. Bimo. Uh, I think the, I think she, I think the voice actor is from South Korea. I think she does the voice for, um, Lady Unicorn. Okay. Rainicorn. Lady Rainicorn. Um, Everyone always jokes around that if I was going to be a character, I'd be Jake. Especially because I love bacon pancakes. Like it's it's like that's like one of the best things. Like I always I always wanted to buy a waffle maker and and put bacon inside the waffles that I make. And then when I saw Adventure Time, I was like, wow, I'm so glad other people think that's a great idea. <laughs> so, not just me. Our <laughs> just- iOS developer's name is Jake. And every time he and I like we'll we'll sit down and go through typography and stuff like. We've been working on a huge redesign. We like redid the entire shop savvy app in like six weeks. Mm-hmm. It was insane. Mm-hmm. And whenever we'd like sit down and go through all the typography of a, of a interface, yeah, we'd call it Font Venture Time with Bryn and Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Bryn and Jake. <laughs> Jake the dog and Bryn the human. That's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, One thing we were talking about uh, before Bryn made it here was like how how over time dribble has like influenced your style because you you were on there right at the beginning basically uh yeah i early on just just about i mean like two years after they they started developing it uh, i joined like 2011 so um yeah like right like around the time where it's still kind of like a baby um yeah like how old how old is the the company i have no idea i met dan i was so excited to talk to him he wanted like wait when did you meet dan I met him at Yahoo with Nick. I met. Um, I first met him at Dropbox at their first Dribble meetup. Yeah, were um, you at Dropbox's last meetup? No, I, I I missed it. I was sick that day. I I, I RSVP'd. I, I like I was excited to go, and I just I just couldn't make it. I was really bummed. I was really excited to see Justin and 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 Ryan. Um, and I wanted to meet um, Alice, but I just next time, hopefully next time. Um, but I heard it was it was like a hit. Well, they great. they had that whole like will allow you in thing, which is weird. I've talked to several people already that like didn't make the RSVP. That whole gatekeeper thing, and was they were really pretty, off-putting to a lot of people. They were bummed about it, yeah, because there was so much space there. But it uh, wasn't like first come first serve. It was like yeah, they herded everyone into like a very choose. small area, which it it made sense because they did like the Q and A with with Dan uh, and Rich. Rich were when I, when I first met him, like I I, I knew Dan, I knew of Dan. Sorry. But I didn't know Rich. But like, it was just really interesting. Like, the, you know, these two dudes, like, they didn't, they never really realized like how big Dribble was gonna be, mm-hmm. um, and be such a you know huge impact. And I know, like, it's funny. Like, some people feel like uh, Dribble is kind of like some people hate it, and some people love it. Some people think it's terrible. Some people every think- week there's a dribblization of design thing on Designer News. It's Address just, the like, haters, Nick. Address they're, the haters. They're all about like it's all shiny. It doesn't matter. I mean, I use it to get feedback, and it's great. So yeah, I mean, I don't really use Dribble as like 
I don't have a I don't have a personal website. Like I'm not really. That like, is true. Yeah, I, I, which I think is kind of funny. It's impossible to research you. Yeah, yeah. you have Twitter <laughs> and you have Dribble. One yeah. interview, which was they didn't even write the interview. on the industry. Yeah, it, it was like a recap. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, by the way, like when I met the his name is Trevor. Uh, God, I can never pronounce his last name, but when I met him, he was actually a pretty dude. Like a pretty cool dude. When I when I, pretty dude, <laughs> he, he was, was a pretty dude. Can we edit that? Was, nope, was, nope, nope, that's nope. Damn it, pretty cool dude. Let me, he's a pretty he dude. He was a cool dude. I'm, I'm taking out the cool dude part and just saying the pretty dude. <laughs> oh man, um, God, I always do that to myself. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Megumi. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, you can take that part out. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, leaving anyways. everything except for that. That hey, is, hey man, sometimes you just gotta let that freaky the flag out. fly and just let it go. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, um, you met Trevor on a train? No, no, no. I met Trevor and we did that interview. It was, it was a lot of fun. I got to talk about my story. He had a lot of really great questions. And then I, you know, followed industry after that. And, you know, I was like, you know, the stuff they're doing is really cool. And, you know, yeah. the people that are a part of it are really I amazing. I just met Jared a couple of weeks ago at uh, Sam Sofus's place. Really cool guy. Dude, that kid is so talented. He ate an entire giant donut. Like, it was like a, a cake. He just, he just, he got a fork and a knife and just ate this massive donut and had like a glass of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I've been, and then he wrote an entire name, like a list of like women in design that we should get on the show. Like, that was his whole thing. Like, uh, Sam has a whiteboard wall and he just wrote this entire list of like great women in design. It was like 45 people or something like that. That kid is, is amazing. Like he's really young. Like, like I, he, he that dude's a prodigy. I, I think he Am started I, at like 16, like the industry. Yeah. He started at 16. That's insane. He, he's like super smart. He's super talented. Um, you know, like all I can say is like really great things about that kid. Um, Try to do so. I, I like we talked about doing some work together. It didn't didn't work out because like my schedule is just it's just really hectic. Uh, but like he he's just he's just a really nice guy. Like I've always had a good you know interaction with him and like everyone that like that works at Teespring is really great. Even um uh, Kyle, um, even Kyle, yeah, Kyle, just despite himself. No, like I never. I, met I don't him. know who Kyle is, but Kyle, you're like even Kyle. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle. Let me look this. Up. I want to make sure, like, I got his last name because he, he has like he has his middle name in there. Um, uh, Didi, you remember? D- you know Didi? Mm-hmm. It is Didi, right? I don't know Didi. Uh, I think it's Didi, or he goes by Didi. Um. Well, anyways, the moral story is like people that work at Teespring are great. Um, I think what's really cool about Dribble is like, I got to meet a lot of people that are just amazing. Um, they all have like the same passion, just as you know, as much as I love design, they love design. Um, I know a lot of people um, hate Dribble, which is fine. Like you know, everyone's entitled to an opinion. You know, I look at Dribble as not like a means of like you know, like I'm trying to get you know famous or whatnot. I just look at Dribble as a sense of like, you know, I just want to share my my designs and you know just like be a part of something it's more or less like me just having fun and people like it that's great um if people don't it's fine i'm not i'm not gonna be like upset about it um yeah between twitter and dribble like that's how most of the people that we're gonna end up talking to a lot of my friends here in the city like i got out to the city because i tweeted at jeff broderick one day and i was like hey you want to hang out and we ended up 
watching Game of Thrones till two in the morning, and then he hired me six months later, which just was bizarre. Exactly. I got on Dribble because I went and hung out with them at Collective Ray, and Brian Benitez gave me an invite. Like, and and now I went and met you, and now we got a podcast, and like it's insane. Yeah. So it's like, and I met like a lot of cool designers. I got to do some really awesome talks. Um, my most recent one was at TopCon, which is in Chattanooga. Um, just all the people that went there were great. Even like the people that were running were great. What did you talk about? I talked about culture again. Okay, that's what I was. Um, which is great. Like I like I could talk about my work, which is fine. Like, but I don't really want to do that. Like, I really think that's really interesting. Is like I feel like I have a story sometimes that I'm able to share that I think a lot of kids are able to relate to. The fact that like coming from like a like a a family where you know being a single parent, you know, mother raising four kids to like live in an area where like not many people like you know didn't really like support art that you had like a family, a set, like extended family did, you know, more or less at the end of the day thought you were, you know, never going to really mount to anything. And obviously, cause I want to be artists. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, well you're never going to really mount to anything. And then moving to Pittsburgh and like, you know, becoming a young adult, I've been on my own since I was 17. So it's like, you know, like not saying my parents never really helped me out. Um, but like, you know, it's like, it's kind of tough. You know, like my mom wasn't really able to like help me financially. So I had to like learn everything on my own. Um, and so like, even to this day, it's, you know, still kind of challenged because like, you know, I've, I've been on my own for so long that's like, you know, like I'm always finding out new and different things. So it's like shit as an adult, like this is what you have to deal with. Um, so like, you know, like, and then be able to like go through like the stresses of like losing a job and like, dude, I used to like, when I was like in college and then like as like a young adult, like out of college looking for work, I would drink coffee to like suppress my appetite because I didn't have food to eat. I, I still ate, do that every morning. I, oh, ate, I, ate, I ate macaroni and cheese with hot dogs for, for weeks because that's all I was able to afford because they had a special at Walmart because it was on sale. Um, I don't drink French vanilla creamer because of the fact that when I was in college and, and like just out of college that I didn't have any money that I would drink the coffee to suppress my appetite that like when I drink it, it just brings not only does it just taste terrible. The fact that like, it's just was like, it just reminds me of just the shit I went through. Um, that's rough. I don't want to get into like a corny, like, Oh, what would you tell the young folks out there right now? But like, what What would you tell the young folks? But what would you like? What motivated you the whole time? Like if you're, you're starving, like, at, at some point, did it cross your mind? Like, shit, maybe I shouldn't be in Oh, this yeah, industry. man. <laughs> yeah, so, what'd you do? You okay. worked at a gym. <laughs> I, worked yeah. at a, I worked at a gym where I basically picked up after a rich old white man. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, I, I think what it was was the fact that, like... Okay, so, there's going to be... there's kind It's kind of like a waterfall, you know? It's like... Or like a tipping point. It's like... It's either, like, you could swim to the edge of the bank and, and like, you know you know, conquer this like, you know, terrible thing that's happening or you can just give up and just fall over the edge and just like fall into the abyss. Um, the fact that like, you know, I wanted to prove the people wrong. The fact that like, not like my mom always believed the fact that I was going to be something. My, my siblings like, you know, were really, really supportive. It was the fact that like my extended family didn't really support me, really frustrated and upset at me. The fact that like people I went to school with thought that like, you know, like because I was a, and a designer or want to be a designer that like it was stupid the fact that like it wasn't gonna like really like amount to anything like it just kind of like you know put a fire in, in inside of me that kind of like, like approved them wrong kind of thing. yeah and that's what it was. it was but then also like 
to prove myself that I can do something really great. It's like the fact that like I went through all those really, really hard things in life. The fact that like, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of support in the sense of like financially or, or emotionally. The fact that like, you know, I had to deal with a lot of stuff at a young age of like the shittiness. Um, we were just talking to Sam last week about brag driven development and that like uh, the fact that when you tell someone you're going to do something and they're like, no, that makes you like try that much harder just to prove them wrong. Like, oh, yeah, it's it's very close related. Like even when like designers don't have an ego, that's like really visible. It feels like a lot of it is driven by that. Like, I want to show them kind of thing. Like, yeah, I would say like I would have the ego of like I want to prove people wrong. I don't have an ego the fact like like I'm really great as a designer and I want people to like, like I mean I wasn't trying to say that but No like, no no like, I'm just saying like yeah. I think the point is like you should have like an ego on the fact of like like you have as individual you have a right to do you know like you if you have a passion you should follow that passion like and if you fail it's not because like you weren't good at it it's because like just circumstances that didn't work out but as long as you try that's all that really matters I'm not saying like, like, like if you do these things, it's going to make you great. Or if you do these certain things, I think the thing is like, it's either you can like, it's like for me, for example, like I think the best way to describe it is like, see, it's like if you, for me, it was I could e- I could easily just pack up and just go back home and not be a designer. Or I can deal through this turmoil and like frustration and just like bullshit and push through and actually be something. And it's like when I went through all those hard problems and like all those like things in my like early on in my like, you know, adulthood of like just like even not just design, but just like daily life. It was like when I when I got the job offer from Palantir and when I came out to Palantir and was surrounded by all these buddies, all these, all these amazing people, it made me appreciate the fact of what I had and value. And because I appreciate the fact of like what I had, it made me work even that much harder. And then like when I finally became something, like the fact that like at like when I mean became something, not because I joined Tribble or anything like that. When I became something that is like I feel confident as a designer, and I can say that I'm a designer. I could go up to my like family and be like, "Look, I'm doing really, really well." Not because like the fact like you guys were there supporting me. It's because I proved myself I can do this. And so like, I don't like I don't want people to worry or like like get like not motivated the fact like they don't have the ability to do that. Like they shouldn't be concerned that like oh, I can't do that. It's like, do you want to do that? And so like, if you want to be a designer or you, or whatever, it's like, if you try and you push yourself, even through like the hard times, when you actually finally get that, like that, that once, you know, that one, like that first job offer or that first experience of actually what you like completed set out for, it really makes you feel fulfilled. The fact like I actually did it. And, and even though it was really tough, like I can look back on the fact, like no matter whatever happens after this, like it's just basically all downhill. It's like, it's not going to be like, it's it, like I went through the, like I went through like the, like I had to crawl through the shit to get on top of the hill. And now it's like, I actually sit down and relax and look at the fact like I just climbed this huge mountain and now I can actually enjoy the fact, like, now I'm actually something. That first validation yeah. really clears it out. Like Exactly. Yeah. You go through that, mm-hmm. and once you come out of it, out uh, of the tunnel, you're, like, you're grown. You're, like, you leveled up. 
We've been talking for a few hours. I'd love to maybe just hear like what you're working on right now that you're excited about. Um, like, and where people can find it online. Yeah, if you want to plug anything, that'd be cool too. Oh, that's great. Um, so, I mean, right now, so like one of the most exciting things I'm working on right now is um, I'm, I'm working on the overall branding and messaging of the, the icons that are going to be used in Palantir. So it's like I'm, I'm working with product designers to figure out how to develop clear, concise icons that have an overall message and feel that emulate Palantir. They actually like they have their own voice. And then other like side projects like like making some t-shirts and logos for internal events and, and dope skull icons. Holy shit. Oh, the unicorn skull? Dude, I want that skull that's that, on a piston. That's a, that's the the team, piston skull is that's where like it's team icon at. Is the is the unicorn skull. Um but that was actually a collaboration between uh, my boss and I. Like we we're figuring out like like I mean, even though it's something simple as that, like we're like we we sat and they actually just drew the skull together. It was actually a nice bombing bonnie bombing bonding over skulls bonding moment yeah bombing badass designs with skulls um it was a nice bonding moment together like just like we're working together and just like making this you know fun little like you know you know culture artifact that's Um, awesome yeah um it's all about the cultural artifacts for sure plug uh shout out um send some traffic to project that you enjoy someone that you're a fan of oh my god there's so many you've been um, working on the monster project lately that's pretty oh, dope. monster truck or sorry monster truck monster trucks are fun uh <laughs> monster project uh so so that's actually a good one i i saw a few designers working on some some sh- like you know illustrations for the monster project and i was like really intrigued because i i love i love doom you know you know basically uh donating artwork for things are actually going to go for a good cause. And um, especially when it goes for like little kids that are like really interested in, in the field of art. Um, and so uh, I reached out to them and I was like, Hey, like I'm really, really interested in what you guys are doing. I really would like to do this. Is it possible? If not, it's not a big deal. They're like, Oh, we would love you to join. Like we would love to have you. What was really fun about this project is the fact like the like kids have amazing creativity. Like this, this, the stuff they think is just mind boggling. It was very open to interpretation. Yeah, it was. It was. It was like I looked at it, like I could see so many different things. Like I saw like I saw like Power Rangers, um, which I was really inspired by uh, for that. Um, I saw like the, like monsters. I saw like like a fluffy like a little like marshmallow creature like with ice cream on his face. I just like was really excited about it. There was this like I seen a lot of the sketches that the kids submitted. This particular one it was just like it was unique. Like. I mean, I love it. Like, there's a lot of character to it, but I, I would love to someday meet the kid. Like, what were you thinking <laughs> when you drew this? Because I still don't know what it is. And so, um, I, I wasn't really clear what to make. I wasn't really sure. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make two different illustrations. So I did, I did the Power Ranger esque design, which um, I got to say, I love that one. I first saw it and I was like, this looks like Gundam. Like, this looks like my childhood. That's amazing. Yeah, I, so it, like Transformers and like like Ninja Turtles, uh, biker biker mice from Mars. Yes, um, holy shit! You, you name it, like uh, Power Rangers, everything. Deep like, cuts. Gun, yeah, Gundams, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball, whatever. Um, Robotech, 
uh, Outlaw Star, like all these, like all these, like cartoons and stuff. Like as a young kid, like was a huge, um, like Voltron, uh, like all these, like like cartoons growing up were like huge inspiration to me. So like to see this little kid like draw this sketch and instantly me vicariously like connects to your inner kid. Yeah, connects to my inner kid. I'm like, wow, this is really exciting. I get to draw some like you know fun stuff because as an adult now, like I I can't draw like that. Like I can't like like your like my creativity is somewhat kind of constricted compared to that. Like it, it's still really like vibrant and like and, and, and flourishes but it's all in thick lines it's all in thick lines and gradients <laughs> can't forget the gradients. Thick lines and gradients <laughs> and 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 stars uh with a four point four point stars yes of course. um with of course. no rounded edges they're just like simple <laughs> geometric shapes. <laughs> <laughs> needs more stars it needs more stars uh and then like simple like squiggle line for a bird um God, I can make fun of myself all day. Um, <laughs> but like to see this kid like draw this, you know, his name's uh, a Z. Um, I don't know how old he is, but like he he drew this this sketch, and so um, to me it was a huge privilege and honor to like actually you know draw this for them and actually uh, create something that I, I hope he enjoys it. And so um, I couldn't decide which one to make, so I drew and made both of them. Um, so I made like the Power Ranger dude, and then I call him Bert, the ice cream monster. And We're then, looking at him right now. Yeah, that, if you're listening, we'll have these on designdetails.fm. Uh, it, it really is amazing. And so, um, so I drew I drew these for him, and then and then I wrote a, a letter for him. I I was I submitted the artwork on on time, and then I was supposed to submit uh, a letter of um, basically like you know. Uh, like who the monster was and you know basically like you know tell him how important art was and and so um <laughs> it was i missed like the deadline for that because i was i had to work late that day and didn't go home till like around like nine and so um i told i told the poc of of monster project like hey i'll get this to you tonight so i like i sat down around like 11 o'clock and um it's like even during the day, like I was like, right. I thought like, okay, I'll write like a hand le- like handwritten letter. I was like, man, this kid's not gonna be able to re- read my hand letter. It's completely unlegible. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll type him a letter. So, um, you didn't letter him a letter. I didn't letter. I didn't letter him a letter. Um, <laughs> and so I wrote, I wrote him a letter. Uh, I typed up a letter and I spent like maybe like a couple hours just writing this letter for him. And, um, uh, so I was like, I hope I hope you really enjoy this this illustration. Um, like, I really want to thank you for submitting this. It was like really nice, and like like help me relive, you know, when I was a kid drawing and how important it was to me. Um, but let me tell you a little about Bert and I told him like. So I said like Bert, his name is Bert. I hope you don't mind that I named him Bert. Um, he he's a monster. He loves eating ice cream, and uh, he's able to. Uh, uh, turn everything into into snow he's able to use uh turn with his eyes he shoots out laser beams that are actually uh made of ice um <laughs> he's a quirky expert so i just put all these little things about yes. me into the letter um that like i don't know to all me, those I, things about you can you actually do those things laser beams of ice i wish not the laser beam things but the corgi thing i'm actually not really expert about corgis but i do love corgis um if you if you haven't noticed, like my logo is a corgi, Cor- corgoboros. 
Corgobos? Oroboros of Corgi? What's that? And it's getting in and out. It's like the dragon eating its own tail thing, like the the loop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think someone. I think someone made. No, someone didn't make a design of that. I, think, I thought you did. No. Oh, oh yeah. I mean an ampersand of of a corgi. Oh uh, yeah, and you also was uh, like a. Yeah. Uh, I did. Oh, I did a snake one. Yeah, the, the yeah the Oberos or what it's called. The Oberos. Yeah. I don't remember if you actually made it. I just remember seeing one. I just assumed it would be. You. It was like I made it like a couple, maybe like a few months back or so um that's like 30 pages on his dribble profile dude <laughs> i know everyone has a different process but like if if you could guess how long do each of these things take you like um, uh, maybe a good one would be this uh monster project shot like how, how many hours did you spend on these oh, two that? designs um seems like so involved the the robot the 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 main dude sorry okay um the power ranger dude i put maybe an hour into it one hour like yeah, about like an hour or so. Holy um, shit. Maybe maybe two. Let's let's say two. Um the the um the other dude, um Bert, his name's Bert. Uh I put maybe about maybe two hours into him. Um basically I sat down. I, I had a sketch. That was the easy part. I think I don't really cause like sketching is always like and when I sketch it's like very loose or it just has like a general um shape to it. Do you then uh, like use a tablet or something to like. Uh, I used to I, I used to do everything by by mouse, but a lot of times when I'm at home, I don't have my tablet, so I do everything on the trackpad for the computer. So I finished Bert just on my, my on my laptop. Damn, what? That's insane. And so my and my sub at work, I have I have four screens. So I have my Thunderbolt. I have two monitors to the side, one for like email and other one for like hockey stats. And then I have my 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 laptop. Um, and like, I'm only working on this, like on a surface for my, like my Thunderbolt on a, like maybe like a two by two, like perimeter, like, or a circle or a radius, wherever, like, it's just like, basically that's how much I'm working in like a space. And it's like super sensitive. Like you only have to like move like the track bag for one, like once, like one side of the trackpad or the we come tablet to the other side. It's, it's just, you literally just move it maybe just like an inch and you're able to like lock your computer or whatnot. It's super, super sensitive. I love it. So, but I used to work with everything in the mouse and then I slowly jumped over to the tablet and it was, and now we all feel bad about ourselves. Yeah. Wow. That's really, I think that's time to end it. We're done. Design details is over. Yeah. Nick, thank you so much for, we're going to have to do this again because it's fun talking to you and you've got some cool things to share. I like doing this stuff. We have more Pokemon lore to talk about. (laughs) I could talk for days. Whatever happened. Did you finish the Pokemon project? No. You got two in or three in? Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna probably do some different. Stuff. So I've been I've been doing. Uh, I think I might do. Um, well, first I need to do, I need to finish my illustration for the Ice Kingdom, and then I'm gonna do a series of of Adventure Time and different styles. So I was thinking about doing uh, the the Fire Kingdom, but doing in the style of like old um, Japanese art, woodblock uh, art, Yukioe, so good, holy shit, yeah. And then uh, and then the then do um. <laughs> then do Finn and Jake's house and like my typical like line art. Yes. Um, the, the the Ice Kingdom one's gonna be kind of difficult because I do like a lot of like what I did for that one. I did like layers of of gradients, but build it up into like look like glass. So it's like it's like maybe like fifteen paths on like one time. I mean, I'm assuming there's probably an easier way to do it, but that's how I do it. Um, 
I don't, I don't work in Photoshop. I do everything in Illustrator. So, um, so that's one, that one. Um, I have a lot of personal like passion projects. So the, um, my girl, so my, my girlfriend's from, from Japan. Um, so naturally her family's from Japan and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how that works. Weird. <laughs> so she's Japanese. Uh, her grandmother, uh, she was born the year of the sheep. So I made her a, a, uh, ram, um, but then uh, I had the idea of doing um, zodiac signs because her her mother wanted one. So um, Japanese or is it Chinese? I think it's Chinese zodiac. I don't know. Anyways, uh, whatever it's called. Um, so I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some characters of that. Um, and it's like so I did a rooster. Um, it's on my Instagram. I tweeted it too, but it's definitely on my Instagram. Um, uh, and so what I'm doing is like kind of like, like the Ram, I do like these illustrations where a lot of the curves bleed into the actual shape of the animal. Um, and so, but they're like very smooth. Uh, I did a few, like one was Pegasus had the same style. It all started from like this fluffy sheep I made and back in the day. Um, so it just kind of trinkled into that. And then, um, I do like a bird series. Um, did so far I did a Cardinal seagull, owl and then a uh a bluebird um mm-hmm. and then and i think there's a few other ones i'm hoping to do a passion project for um some i don't go home often so i get homesick very 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 much around this time of the year so um i do think projects that give me a reminder of home so i'm going to do a uh, branding project for uh byron's ice cream in uh dairy so I'm gonna do like like this old custom typography. Um, that's my idea, and then do like uh, do packaging. So like like old uh, glass bottles. So I'll do like a pattern design for that, and then figure out like what the business cards will look like, and do all that stuff. So that's that's the one passion project I'm gonna work on. I, I, it's it's kind of tough because like I have a girlfriend and a, yeah. and a, and a dog, so I gotta, uh, I gotta do you like, hang out. With you her? don't have a girlfriend anymore. Sorry. So I gotta I gotta like I have to be courtesy. I have to be courteous to her her to her about like how much work I do because it's really it's really hard for me to she probably hates having an ambitious boyfriend probably I mean uh, she, she, she probably wishes you were more of a deadbeat <laughs> maybe a little bit though. <laughs> a little bit tiny bit <laughs> she's halfsies on it man um, so, no she like she's really she's very supportive she likes the idea that like that like I'm a, I'm a designer um, but like I get really sucked into my work and so like for me, it's like it's really easy for me to spend hours and hours in just drawing, and so like it's nice for her to like bring me back to reality, and like like no, you should really take out your dog because he just shit on the floor. Like you should really like oh no, you should really take him outside like right now. <laughs> or, yeah. Like, or like hey, we're having dinner, so like why don't you put your laptop away and she like close my laptop? I'm gonna go eat over here. Come I've on. actually started carrying around uh, like a small notebook at all times because no one cares when you're sketching. They care when you're on a laptop. What what about the fact that uh, he, when like in the very first tidbit of the movie, he's flying his spaceship, and then like 
you see like he's like breathing like all you see is the sky and then just like the plane fucking hits the ground um do you think that maybe after that the movie like it's just basically him like in this trance dying. he's dead <laughs> yeah like because when you die the mech like the the sensory or like the brain's like ability to understand like uh, oh, of, of he had brain damage, so the whole concept of like multiple timelines just didn't work with him. So he just screwed everything up from there on out. Maybe. What do you think? Like, I'll po- take that. Like, that's, Pokemon, that's right? actually better. I can deal with that. We we're talking no, about like Pokemon. the Pokemon one, right? What we we're talking about the Pokemon thing. Right? You ever heard about the Pokemon? So Ash, okay, when he when he <laughs> found Pikachu, okay, God, man, this is he was electric. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> man, I strapped watched, in. <laughs> I have not watched a Pokemon show since I was like 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 12 um actually i watched the movie once where i was in college and i have nothing else better to do was it the movie 2001 no or was no. it one of the newer ones no no it was like the one with like the, the flying dragon shit um there's a lot of those dude specific there's a lot of dragons um, i don't know i honestly don't know i was like i always enjoyed playing the games after they were, they were fun man after, <laughs> after 150 i was still kind of on board and i was like 250 okay that's a lot now there's 600 some and i'm like no i'm done okay so the first generation and second generation was pretty good after that just like there is just like they're making all these pokemon just to make any sense like this one pokemon just basically was a giant nose and um, <laughs> yes and then I've like when evolved yes. they had a fucking mustache like like where did the hair come from <laughs> no. clearly this guy's no. a rock like a rock pokemon why does he have hair um that's weird uh, it was just like and then, like, they, now they have, like, X and Y, which was, like... I mean, it's cool. Like, they should have Mega Pokemon, but it's, like... So, I've played Red, Yellow, Blue, Silver, Gold, mm-hmm. and I played Black 2 once. So, like, I skipped, like, four generations or something. Like, it just came in, like, right in the middle of, like, all the new crazy stuff. I did not like that game. Hmm. Why? It was too much about, hey, there are just a bajillion and a half creatures... Like that you can't even keep track of. So you want these like ten. There's, there's like certain ones that are really good, and you want those ones, and you don't care about any of the rest of them. They're just like auxiliary. In the new ones, do they have the original 150 that you can still catch and Sometimes, play with? I think like you have to like beat a big chunk of the game to get to like where the other ones are, wow. or like you have to have both of them to get all of them. It's I always say the the the, the bullshit of of like you have to trade. You have to yes, tra- there's trade ones. You have to oh trade. You have to trade like Machoke Machoke, to get yes. to get Machamp. I'm like, I don't have any friends right now <laughs> at my age. I'm, I'm, I'm too shy to bring it up. I don't people. have friends, not because I want to play with my friends. I never knew any kids grew up that had a Game Boy. Like they're like, oh, I got a PlayStation. Much less had the cable to like actually yeah. <laughs> facilitate the like, trade, like a peasant. So 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 basically, what the whole Pokemon thing is, just go back to like this this huge recap yes. and tangent. Um, <laughs> So Ash is basically electrocuted by Pikachu, and so, um, so basically, uh, and then he goes to the hospital, and so like, and then he wakes up, and then he goes on his journey. The biggest thing is like he never ages through the whole. Like he's always series. twelve. He's always no. He's always ten. Ten. Okay. okay. Which is frustrating. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember the other character characters, but um, do you think they were sides of his personality? I think they were part of his, like part of his personality, um, but it's like when you look at him, and then like Nurse Joy is always the same across every city. Hmm. Yeah, maybe different hair, right? No, she was always the same. She's always the same. Oh, I have no idea. Honestly, I'm just saying things. Oh, uh, 
Damn. For, for our mic test, we talked about Dragon Ball Z Saiyan hairstyles. Oh shit! Do you follow Dragon Ball Z? I dude, I've watched all, almost all of them, almost up to some episodes of GT. Like, Whoa. I, was, I just watched some of GT. Like, I, I rewatched the Boo Saga. Okay, so like when when you're like a kid, like and like Oob. Like okay, so like Dragon Ball Z was like huge, huge. Yes, even Dragon it was Ball was amazing. Like I watched Dragon Ball. It was like it was all like a huge part of my life as like a as a kid like i would draw dragon like i would watch dragon ball see it was like I my say, favorite thing to draw was piccolo favorite yeah. thing i always i always loved um the hair was always drawing piccolo no piccolo doesn't have hair he's green I, alien i said dude. i like drawing the hair even like the, the lore like the lore of dragon ball z and like like the history and like being saiyan and all that i thought it was really awesome um but it, i don't know the, the frustrating part for me it was like like just like how they ended it and and just it was it was dumb like how they did it and then like they had like an epilogue of of like his like great 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 grandson and like and basically like yeah. we get to be like a certain amount of percentage of of a saiyan to like like change and like it was just like they did like like they didn't really like think about like the ending mm. like they kind of just like it just like flopped did you hear there's a new movie coming out in the same story like line as dragon ball z where frieza comes back it's gonna be dope as shit i'm so excited it animated movie right yes okay it's from akira toriyama though it's canon it's in like the original storyline it's just later in it wow so he comes back like like between like like majin buu or well think about like how like goku comes back from the dead all the time right yeah frieza just comes back from the dead that that's the plot of the movie (laughs) is this how you came back or they just came back and now I would guess some combination of the, the two. The only thing I didn't like about the movies is like they they just were completely separate from the t- from the timeline. That's what I'm excited about. Is this is supposed to be in the timeline? Yeah, that was always that was like like when you looked at when he fought um uh, was it Bru- Broly Bro- Broly Broly and then like the other like the one that looked like him uh uh what was it Brodick I think his name was. I have no idea. There was like a there was a movie where where Goku had a fight basically this other Saiyan that looked just like him. Hmm. Um, it wasn't his father. It was like exactly the same, like Saiyan. Crazy, Kakarot. No, I can't. Remember. I think it was Brod- <laughs> I think it was Brodick. Brodick. I don't know, but Saiyan hair man is crazy. Can, can you imagine? Especially when it gets like level four and it's like super long and insane, and then it turns red and like. Well, we spend an embarrassing amount of time like researching how high it goes. And he was trying to convince me there was a white Super Saiyan. Well, that's you, fan art, dude. Yeah, I that's Googled what I it. said. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> but then, then you dig a little bit, and it's like Super Saiyan five or something, and it's characterized by whitish yellow hair. That's just because they drew it on white paper. God damn it. Dude, it's, it's characteristic <laughs> right. was I know nothing about relaxed. Saiyan lore. There's, and, there's uh, never going to be... I don't think there's... I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like today, like, there's, like... I, I miss I miss the 90s and, like, like and just, like... Just, like, how the 90s were when it came to TV. Today, I just feel like there's just a lot of bullshit. Like, like Duck Hunt, like, Duck Dynasty. And, oh, God. Like, we were content with cool shit. Like, yeah, like, Rock was, Rock was Modern Life and, and, and oh my like, God, and like Modern Monsters. Life yeah. you, did and, you realize that Rocco worked for a sex phone line? No, I didn't. Yeah, he was answering, phone, like, erotic phone calls. I didn't know that, but the, but that's, that's, what, <laughs> that's what made it awesome. But I mean, like there was a lot of like sexual in, uh, innuendos in in in, in well, like Shrek. Yeah, I mean, like, 
like as a kid you never got like un- like understand but like now as a grown adult when i watch rocco's modern life i'm like oh my holy shit <laughs> can't believe my parents let me watch this 